Well, she got her daddy's car and she cruised through the hamburger stand now. See, she forgot all about the library like she told her old man now. And with the radio blasting goes cruising just as fast as she can now. And she'll have fun, fun, fun till her daddy takes a T-bird away. Fun, fun, fun till her daddy takes a T-bird well, away. Hello and welcome back to the Boochcast. During the break, we played the song Fun, Fun, Fun by the Beach Boys, which of course is a classic Beach Boys song. You hear this a lot. It's very common in a lot of uh, movies, especially back in like the 80s and early 90s and stuff, you know. Fun, 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 daddy took the T-bird away. We always love that song. Um, And of course, uh, this song was chosen by the man who is about to join us right now because ladies and gentlemen, it is that time again here on the Boochcast where we're getting into our classic pay-per-view reviews. Now, for all the new people out there, I'll give you all the scoop on how this works. Basically, this is a segment that is done by myself and the one and only Mr. Gator Ricky Ross. Uh, Hello. And of course, um, get the man behind Gator technically is doing this, Richard Glover, but we always we still call him Gator because that's his nickname and that's what we do. You know, it's like people who call me Booch. It's what they do. Uh, so anyway, exactly. So we also now the purpose of us doing these pay per views is to look at them not just from the perspective of two wrestling fans, but also from the perspective of two people who work inside the business. Uh, professional wrestling. Gator, of course, is a wrestler, a manager, a ref. He's been a referee, a, re- a ring announcer, a commentator. He's popped the popcorn, trained the new guys. He pretty much got the business covered. Actually, um, can we break a little kayfabe? Sure. Uh, I actually just got back from doing a uh, promo class with a bunch of green guys on a trainee kind of situation for our amateur show. Okay, cool. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, Benny helped me come up with one of the gimmicks because a uh, guy needed a gimmick and we couldn't quite figure it out. <laughs> But, 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 Vinny, did I or did I not get that motherfucker over? You got that motherfucker over. I got him over, folks. Um, What we did was, and we're just breaking a little kayfabe and teaching folks about the business. Yes. Uh, Vinny and I worked on the gimmick, and uh, I told Vinny what I had in my head, and we worked it through. And I, I gave him the promo, and Vinny was like, oh, you have to do that. Because cause, cause it's an aspiring young heel, and uh, how do you get a young heel over and get his heat? You put him with an old heel. Ta-da! Yeah, and of course, we had to sit there and kind of really think about his uh, gimmick because uh, the, the, the young lad uh, had an idea um, that what we thought was interesting, and then we thought this well, ain't going to work. It wasn't going to work. So Gator and I spitballed some ideas back he, and forth somewhere. He, wa- he, wanted to, he wanted to use a realism gimmick about his real job as a gynecologist. Yeah. Yes, which which I understood, and there's ways you could do that, but I looked at it like this. Unless he's going to be an intergender wrestler and be like, you know, wrestle the women, you know, it, there's no reason for a gynecologist. A, guy, a man's not going to fear a gynecologist. The only fear a guy has with a gynecologist is that you're going to fuck his girlfriend, his girlfriend or wife because he's got access. So that's really your biggest fear. And we're sitting there going like, this ain't going to work as a gimmick. Just not. And by the way, when I say intergender, I mean like a man who wrestles women kind of like Andy Kaufman did. I'm not, I, I don't mean trans. This ain't it. That wasn't yeah, trans. We're not, Kaufman. we're not talking about Nyla La Rose. No, we're not. So. Uh, shout out to that. Yes. <laughs> 
Uh, I, we, Des and I have already told this story. You can watch it on the Full Gear uh, recap if you want to know what Gator meant by what he just said. But we're not going to get into that because uh, yeah, because they wouldn't let me explain it to the kid for some reason. No, we 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 did not. Uh, Why? I was going to teach him just like I taught all the other kids. I told hey. I taught all the other kids there was no Santa. Hey, look, look. If I can't, te- if I if if Des is not going to let me teach him, he's sure as hell not letting you. Cause no, because as far as because you- I, I, I when it comes to the uncles, I'm ranked up top. That's just the truth. It goes, it goes, Shell, Desmond, me. And although this is one girl named Tiff who might, who may or may not be ranked higher than me, but uh, she's a good person. But we kind of go back and forth on the parenting aspect. But anyway, that's another story for another day. I ain't got time for that shit. Maybe we'll bring Desmond on and we'll talk about it. But anyway, <laughs> point is, that's another story for another day. I won't get into it. But point is, you know. So if I, but anyway, so that's what we're going into now. As far as myself, uh, I am a ring announcer. I am a commentator. I have put up flyers. I have set up the ring. I've handled business shit in the back. I have. Uh, I pretty much got the business covered too. Um, there's a few. Other, there's a few other. There's some jobs that Gator's done that I haven't. But uh, give it time. I'm sure I'll end up doing one of those eventually. But I sold pizza. You sold pizza. I sold the pizza. Yay! Never did. Yes. I never sold the pizza. But anyway. Um, yes. Vinny just eats the pizza. Anyway. Yes. Pizza, baby. So, ladies and gentlemen, the pay per view that we're getting into for this particular one is Bash at the Beach 1994 from the WCW. And the reason we're doing this is because we want to commemorate uh, the fact that not, even though this year they did something different and we'll have a, you know, recently they did something different this year. So obviously we'll have another recap to commemorate that. But this particular one is for the year prior, I believe 2020 it was, uh, that they had an AEW Bash at the Beach show. And to commemorate that, we decided to talk about WCW Bash at the Beach 1994, which technically is the first official Bash at the Beach, because apparently two years prior, uh, in 93 and 92, it was called something else. It Beach Blast. By, yes, it went by Beach Blast, then later they turned it to Bash at the Beach. So... Because, because hey, brother, that's not gonna work for me. <laughs> wait, 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 that was, uh... Wait, that's yes, why... that was why they changed it. Seriously? Yes. That don't work for me, brother? Yep. Well, it works. So if that's for the him, reason for him now, brother, because he said, "Hey, let's change it." Okay. Hey, um, I, I mean, hell, it's, I, I, it's the same story with Road Wild and Hog Wild, you know. Although Hogan didn't, although, although there was no brother that changed that. That was uh Harley threatening to sue WCW. Very true. Yeah, which I and I, which uh, I've heard that story from two different people. Uh, Buff Bagwell told me that story, and then Kevin Sullivan told me that later. So that is a true story. Um, but anyway, so this was the first official Bash of the Beach pay per view, and. And it was held in Orlando, Florida, in the Orlando Arena, which uh, some people also know as the Amway Arena, which is ironically where, for a period of time, uh, the Thunderdome for WWE was hosted here. Yes, correct. Was a residency until they went to the baseball stadium, where they're at now, which doesn't make sense to me at all. Why, why the fuck are you going to a baseball stadium when you're not having fans in the building? But again, the story another day. Uh, there was fourteen thousand people in attendance. The date I will never forget is a date that will forever be grained in my mind. Why I'm not going to be able to remember important shit like a court date, but I'll remember this shit. Um, July 17th, 1994. Because that was his ex-girlfriend's birthday, folks. That was the day Lisa was born. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. See, folks, there was once a bitch named Lisa. No, her birthday's in July, but not this date. There was once a bitch named Lisa. Hey! What? No. Why not? Hey, we're here. We got to give the people backstory. We are here to talk wrestling that has has nothing to do with wrestling. Hey, y'all wrestled? Technically, yes, but no. Yes, you did. She made you tap out. No, I tapped that bitch out. Let me understand you, okay? Bullshit? Uh-uh. Trust me. Nobody fucks with Booch. Booch does the fucking. So anyway, the tagline for this is Hulk's WCW debut, which is why, to me, it's a highlight, because this was the debut of Hulk Hogan coming to WCW. He was retired from... He left the WWE. He, he basically did some part-time shit here in there, but for the most part, he was retired from WWE, and he was also filming uh, Thunder in Paradise, which uh, Chris Lennon, his co-star, was actually in the stands for the event. So was this before or after the midget blew up the boat? Uh, I don't know, because I think... Uh, things were, I don't know, he was still kind of filming it, and then they happened to be on the same lot, and that's what WCW had the conversation, but I can't remember if this is where the midget blew up the boat, but we do see, there um, was, there, there legitimately and for shoot, there was a midget that blew up a boat. Yes, um, so, I'm not joking when I say that. I believe you, I'm just saying I don't think 
it was here. Because because here's the thing. Reality in wrestling and the, sh- the shit that happened for shoot is way funnier than the shit that didn't happen for shoot. Yes. So, yeah. You so don't believe just... me? Ask me how Herb Abrams died. Yeah, let's not talk about that. But anyway, so this event marked uh, Hulk Hogan's in-ring debut for WCW. Uh, so he basically was, was you know, agreed to wrestle because WCW made him a great offer that he couldn't refuse. And so he comes in for Bash at the Beach and his, and his opponent is Ric Flair. Yes. Which at which now I know for wrestling fans today, if you've seen Hogan and Flair wrestle numerous times, it's not that exciting for you. But at this time, they the had first. first, they had never fought. And everybody was pissed they didn't compete at WrestleMania 8. So this was a big deal. Like, Hogan and Flair was like the match everyone wanted to see because I don't give a fuck. And I'm skipping ahead for a second here because I got to rant about this. I do not give a single fuck what anyone tells you. The foundation for wrestling. Are these two motherfuckers here? Yes. I don't want to hear shit from any dumbass marks. Thank you. I don't want to hear it. I don't I don't know if they're the foundation. There can we can we change that? Can we change it? Okay. What do you want to change? Can I change it? Can I and here's what I'm gonna change it to. They're the foundation for modern wrestling. Yes, that's what I'm yes. That's what for modern wrestling. Because if we're gonna go back to the foundation, we're gonna go back to guys like Luthez and the Nature Boy, Buddy Rogers, and those guys that went these in the sixties and the early fifties. Gotcha. I don't want to. Well, I mean, I'm just saying as a wrestling historian because I have one of those in my family. Yes. Um, not gonna, not, I'm not gonna say who it is. Just yeah. Know that sometimes I make really corny ass jokes. Anyway. Exactly, but anyway, yeah. But I'm just saying the foundation for wrestling today are these two guys here. Agreed. Uh, agreed. But for I, modern wrestling, yeah. The, foundation is OC. Okay, so I I am, and 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 I'm not ranting about so much, because Flair at least gets the respect he deserves. Hogan doesn't, which always bothered me. Uh, I want to hear shit. I don't don't disagree with you on that. Hogan Hogan doesn't get some of the respect he deserves, but Hogan's also a dick. Yeah, that can be a case for some people. He was, all I know is I met the guy, he was never a dick to me, but you had a different experience, so I can't really argue with you on that, but I'm just saying. Yeah, but it's different times. Different times. Yeah, there were different times, and the dude is literally like the guy who helped build two giant wrestling companies mm-hmm. was the reason for two of the biggest boom periods in wrestling I'll agree got over as the biggest baby face and then when he turned when he killed Bambi's mother and he became one of the biggest heels in history when he killed Bambi's mother and he got there over there was people crying now yeah. when when have you seen that in modern wrestling you haven't you haven't there was you kids cry- I mean there was kids crying Hogan Why'd you do this to us? Oh my god! They threw trash and shit in the ring. They were mad. They fucking lost it. it you don't see so that in modern wrestling. And then of course we have Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan at the helm, and we see some appearances from Jesse Ventura. But Jesse Ventura now, was what? Now let us talk about the commentary for a second. Um, who the fuck dressed Tony Schiavone? I think he dresses himself. I I am that was those colors clashed. <laughs> yeah. Those colors clashed, children. They clashed. Yeah. It, it was well, well. Well, Tony always liked to, to dress up for events. Like. Yeah, know, he was the Phantom of the Opera one time. Yeah, he he does his best. But anyway, so anyway, so yeah, so we have that Bobby Heenan, Jesse Ventura, of course, makes a few appearances. Now it's important to note that Bessie, Jesse Ventura at this time was on the outs with WCW management, and he was, he was and by the main by the time the main event happened, he was already. Already gone. He was. He was I gone. mean, not gone, but like fired. But he was missing from the main event. Like he was not out there to be found at all. He had, he had already left. He, he had already left uh, the backstage area, as yes. Mean Mean would say. And here's the thing. And here's and and I'll tell you guys why. Like if you notice, at one point, you know, Tony. The thing that Tony does the most throughout the night is amping up the fact that we're going to see Hogan and Flair collide in the main event. Right. That's the big thing they're open up to. And every, right. and of course, everybody's asking their thoughts. They're opinions, they're giving everything, they're, they're treating this like it's a big deal, because like I said at the time, it's a big fucking deal. Well, uh, and, 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 and at the time, too, wrestling was still considered a sport. 
Yes. So unlike Tony, day when it's considered entertainment. But anyway. Yes. So Tony asked. Yes. Yeah, so at one point, Tony asked Jesse about the main event, and he and he just goes, "I already, I already made my pick, Nature Boy Ric Flair," and then goes right back, and then just ignores Tony real fast, like he dismisses it quick as fuck. And the reason yeah, is and because, that was because he was upset. Yeah. It's because he still had a grudge with Hogan that he still holds to this very day, as we sit here. Agreed. Basically, like you know, it's basically the whole unionized story, you know, that Jesse tells. Uh, you know, he consider he sees it as Hogan like betrayed him, stabbed him in the back, and when he found Fuck out that Hogan, that Hogan was coming to WCW, he flipped out. And you know, in my opinion, Eric Bischoff gave the best answer to that question when he was asked about it. He said, "He said that I didn't care about Jesse's grudge because that wasn't in my company. Okay, we were about moving forward. We were about ele- elevating our company, and I made a commitment to Hulk. Ted Turner made a big commitment to Hulk, and Jesse was, and it was, it wasn't Jesse." position to undermine that. It was hey, let's go do our jobs and have a fucking show. And I don't argue with right. him on that. Right, right, right. And and here's the thing. Sometimes in wrestling, grudges get taken to an extreme. Oh yeah. And of course do, Hank- you, disagree? do you disagree? No, no, no. Um, now, now sometimes they're valid, like wanting to stay in shape in order to piss on somebody's grave. Yes. J- just, just saying, fuck you Russo. <laughs> um, exactly. I almost ended up having to get a tattoo Two of him on my fa- uh, on my ass. Almost, but almost. Yes. Thank God it yes. didn't happen. No, you still have to sing his praises, though. You still gotta make yes. that video. Yes, he's the he's the reason that Cornette is losing weight. Yes, uh, yeah, but you still gotta make a video. So oh, we need to get on that. that. We need to get on that. No, we don't. Yes, we do. No, we don't. Y- yes, we do. Or not. Um. Uh. No. See, this is the Boochcast. We honor our bets on my show. So you know. I honored it. <laughs> You haven't yet. We're still waiting on the video. Desmond still has to go streaking, so you're not the only one dragging ass on this. Oh, God. So moving anyway, on. Moving on. So anyway, Hank Aaron says, I'm cheering for both of them. And I also noticed something else during one of the matches, before we get to the matches. Uh, do you know at one point on the hard cam, you can clearly see Bill Apter on the floor taking pictures? Yes, Lord. Like, I, you know, I was I was waiting to see if somebody else was going to catch that. Oh, I caught it. Caught it immediately. I immediately typed it as soon as I saw it. I had to pause, I had to pause the pay-per-view and type it up like, yep. Bill after clear as day uh-huh. taking those pictures, man. Like he, man. I, I mean, I knew he was in the business. I didn't know how. I didn't realize it was. You realize how deep he really was in this shit. That's pretty cool. Right. Exactly. Now explain, Vinny. Explain that to some people because they're not going to probably understand. Uh, yes. Basically, um, deep in the business, Bill after uh basically took pictures for magazines. I believe it was Pro Wrestling he Illustrated. For, yeah. Yeah. For Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Like that's how big it was. They had so. Or magazines. was it the torch? Or was it the torch? I don't know. I know he had a. I know he. Used, I know he has a website called One Wrestling. Right, but I, was it the Torture Illustrated he took picture for? Um, I'm checking. Uh, no, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Okay, it was Illustrated. I, why did I think it was the Torch? Anyway, go ahead. I don't know. Maybe he, maybe, maybe he sold some pictures there. But yeah, that's what he did mostly. He was a magazine journal. He was a wrestling, a pro wrestling journalist, photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so he and he took pictures and everything. And he worked for, um, you know, he was a, he worked for Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Um, he did the PWI scouting report. Um, right. You know, he was a big time journalist. He also has the After Chat podcast. Like, this is a dude who, you know, is in the business which, and definitely knows. Which, the by the way, if you want to listen to a great podcast, uh, besides the Boochcast, I mean, always check out the Boochcast, but there's a podcast called The Jim Cornette Experience. Enjoy that. Yes. Uh, you will have a love hate relationship with that podcast. Everybody no, you does. won't. Hashtag give me my fucking money. Yeah. So, anyway. Write my check, bitch. <laughs> All right. I'm so. just gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna end it with this. Write my check, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So anyway, uh, you owe me we... money anyway, you motherfucker. Ooh. Sorry. Oh boy. So that was a bit. That was a bit of a kayfabe. Anyway. Um... Yeah. Uh, on this awkward note that I really want to sweep past. Um, we're gonna get into. Uh... I'm, I'm sorry. That was a bit corny. My bad. Yes. 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 Let's let's not do that. Uh, yes. So anyway, um, we got we cut to the uh, first <laughs> match of this pay per view. <laughs> I gotta go to the gym. Yeah. I know. I know. Just can you just stop being such a dairy drop? Drama queen. Ah! So we get to our first official match of the evening for the WCW World Television Championship. Lord Steven Regal with Sir William defends <laughs> against Johnny B. Bad. Okay. 
Johnny B. Bad outdid something in wrestling that not many few men besides Macho Man Randy Savage have ever done. Okay? Okay. He out-gimmicked a gimmick. I see. Do you know what that means? Uh, not really. If you could elaborate. You can over-fucking-do it. Oh, look, I'm Johnny B. Bad. Now I've got fucking glitter shooters. Now I'm, now I'm shooting a rainbow sparkler out of my ass. Like, it's too much. <laughs> It's too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Randy Savage yeah. did it too. Like when he started becoming like the Macho King and he out gimmicked the gimmick. Yeah. Like, was, come on. Yeah, like the crown, the scepter, a lot of crazy shit. Yeah, and he was still, oh yeah, I'm the Macho Man. Yeah. But he changed it to the Macho King. Yeah, with the Macho Queen Sherry. Yeah. Which was weird. But anyway, we'll get to that on a further pay per view review. Yes, absolutely. So, but yeah, so anyway, Sting was supposed to be in this match, but he got injured during. During a match with Flair, which I think was a kayfabe injury, if I'm not mistaken. I I don't know. I haven't. I didn't look into that. Okay. So Johnny B. Bad basically took his place. Right. Um. This was good. It was fast. It was. It was strong. It was hard hitting. William Regal, Stephen Regal, whatever the fuck you want to call him, he dictated the entire the entire pace, and that is what a good heel does. Yes. The heel. A lot of people think the babyface is the one really in charge, making the match work. It's really the heel because the thing is, is once you control the heat, you control the babyface. You control how he squashes and comebacks and does his. I shouldn't use squash. Maybe maybe the better term would be how he gets his shine. Would that yes. be the better term? Maybe. Yeah. Shine how he gets his shine. So. But yeah. anyway, that's why the heel is always the the ring general. Most of the time, but sometimes if the babyface is more experienced, he. Sometimes yeah, leaves. they'll they'll work. Yeah, exactly. But nine times out of ten, it's the heel. Yeah, no, yeah. If yeah, if, that's why usually they try to make sure the heel has more experience so they can dictate stuff. Yes. Well, a lot of I will say this: a lot of people start out as baby faces because it's easier to it's harder to be a baby face than it is to be a heel. Oh yeah, way harder. Yeah, because you got to make people like you, which you know is hard. Is to a do. lot harder than making people hate you. Yeah, making which, someone hate you is like the easiest thing you can do. Yes, but yes, but. But there's there's a few of us that are really really good at it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, me. You're gonna say that. Uh, uh, Paulie. He's a master of it. He is. Um, we had Vinny and I had a uh, had a discussion. Who could get more heat, Paulie or Gator Ricky Ross? And what did we say? Paulie. No, 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 no. No, that's not what we said. <laughs> that's what you said. We no. What we said was it depends on the kind of heat. Yes. See, because Paulie can get heel heat. Gator I, I, I can too. Gator gets like fuck you motherfucker, I want to kill you in the parking lot heat. Gator gets I want I I'm, I'm going to jump the guardrail and rip this motherfucker's head off heat. He gets I, guess, I may I guess, set I may set the building on fire heat. I I get the uh the Jim Cornette Midnight Express heat. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 insane. Like I cuz it's, it's good I've, heat though. Oh, I know. I've seen because I've seen Paul I've seen Paul Lee get heat and it does done very well. I've been in the ring while people booed this motherfucker. I know yes. how strong it is. Like, yes. it, it, he he does not get the credit he deserves for being good at that shit. Yes, but you've you've also seen me get heat. I mean, I've heard the stories. I've never actually watched it for myself. Yes, but you you know... I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm just saying I have not seen it because I don't it's, live in Virginia. It's different. It's a different kind of heat. Yeah. I live in Virginia and no one sends me video clips so I can't see it. Yeah. I you don't live in Virginia. What? You don't live in Virginia. I don't. I'm saying. You just said I live in Virginia. Yeah, I'm just saying someone can take a. I'm just saying a video can be made and sent through Facebook. Well, yeah, we could do that. So I'm saying I I I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm just saying I have not seen it firsthand. With Paul, I've seen it. I was in the ring announcing him while he called me Jim Ross and patted me on the head like you I was look a small nothing child. like Jim Ross. And I and it, it I don't know it, when when this thing ever comes out. If you I don't know where they put the camera. But you see the look on my face. I'm just looking at him like you mother. Like I'm like trying not to laugh, but I'm also like pissed. I'm like, they give this look like really? You patted me on the head? What the fuck? Because I know I can't do anything. Oh, young Cornelius. I have to basically fucking stand there. But I have that look on my face, like you gotta be shitting me. But I let him do it. I let him do his shit. Cause yes, because it happens. Sometimes you get smacked in the face and you oversell. D another story for another day. Thank you. But anyway. Um... <laughs> But yeah, stop, stop, stop inserting stories for future reference in pay-per-views. Uh, uh, time, like, time and a place. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hashtag time and place. Anyway. Yes, exactly. But so, but yes, 
Yes, children, this was a, uh, this was very good because the big thing here was the fact that William Regal really showed how much of a professional he is, unlike me. Yeah, so, but yeah, so Johnny, and of course, um, you know, what I noticed about this match is both men have a fisticuff background, which is clearly seen. Like, both these yes, guys don't have to throw fists. they tell that story. They tell that story very well. Yes, and both can technically wrestle as well. Um, right. I like Mark Merrow's... You see the boxing, Sorry. you see the boxing aspects come out of Marrow a little bit. Yes, and yeah, and of course, um, Mark Marrow doing the ollie shuffle with his feet, I thought was great. Oh God, I I didn't know how to take that. Um, uh, I think because they were throwing punches and strikes at each other, it worked. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can understand that. It just still, it I don't know. I mean, it, it, I mean, tied it all together is another Hogan thing. Well, here's the thing though, like the whole purpose of it is to show, like, is can this happen in a real fight? Well, Ali showed it could happen in a real fight because that motherfucker was a real boxer and he did that. Shit in the ring so exactly. it's not well, exactly. so it is believable because it happened in real life in a boxing ring so well it gets its it, gets its, it has its moments you can't it not everybody can do that shit but it worked there it gets a little bit of a pop you know he's not the heel so it gets his pop yeah and then both guys and because we mentioned before about the confetti throughout the entire match both guys are covered in confetti every time they take a bump they got some on their back mm-hmm. and shit they looks real like like it's fucked up, but it um, looks bad. It looks real. It looks worse than it was. Yeah, and then they uh they trade roll ups till Regal gets the win. Correct. And then Mero beats up on Sir William. Now, uh, Gator, yes. do you know who Sir William was? <laughs> Enlighten the people. Superstar Bill Dundee. D. Yep. Was Sir was Sir William? So I thought that was interesting because I, I never see much of him. But no, no, but it's it's great, and I've heard I've heard the stories. Yes. You know, you hear the stories about Bill Dundee. Yeah, yeah, he, he was nuts and, yeah he uh, was so, yeah he was nuts so anyway, yes. uh, if we really do we really think he's nuts if if so we can ask the niagara's uh let's not do that yeah, i'm just saying yeah i'm just not, saying yeah. jamie yeah let's not talk about jamie let's we keep getting sidetracked can we focus on the fucking pay-per-view way more nuts anyway go ahead yeah so anyway um we cut to it's, it's a moment thank you so we cut to the next match of the evening we have vader with harley race versus is the guardian angel oh boy okay so vader vader here this is now this is during the same time when um vader and harley race were doing their whole gimmick where harley was supposed to be tooting toot tutoring uh vader was supposed to be under the wing of harley race yes and this was done well and i enjoyed this because because you can you can believably see that Harley Race can no longer wrestle. But that being said, it it, it just translated well. It's one of the it's one of the more obscure heel manager combinations that some people don't like, but I really enjoy. Yeah, I mean, I thought Harley Race did a great job as a manager. I really did. He did. He did um, well. I I, d- I did find it weird that now for those of you who don't know the Guardian Angel, this is also the Big Boss Man. For those who don't know, yeah. and also he was also Big Bubba Rogers. Uh, for whatever reason, he had a Guardian Angel gimmick i don't remember weird. why i don't remember why he had this gimmick but it made no fucking sense to me of because any kind. he was because he was out there with mama Cornette baby and all the all the jewels and they was pouring the bigger lemonade i'm sorry yeah that made yeah okay that made about as much sense as this fucking gimmick yeah <laughs> what you just said i'm sorry i just like dusty rose that makes about as much sense as this fucking gimmick which was a what the fuck gimmick but anyway um so anyway uh the guardian this is right before he jumped ship too because he, he ended up jumping ship not too much longer after this yes uh you know eventually he did go back to uh i think that because i know his second run in WWE was when he was wearing all black and looked more like uh like a fucking prison guard or something like that guard, yeah yeah well that was that was and this was before um the you know the first run was when he had the the longest house longest and most grossing house show run with hogan yeah absolutely so. yes so the guardian Angel gets into it with Harley Race. Bitter attacks him from behind to take control of the match, and so immediately this thing gets this thing is off and running. Um, it's a clusterfuck. It's just a big man clusterfuck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it just it gets to the point where you're just like, good god, they're gonna kill each other. And Vader's mask comes off, which, uh, to my knowledge, this happened a lot in WCW. Vader's mask. It happened. A, it happened a lot during that time because they're one of my favorite Vader matches. Is actually a match he has with um, Mankind on a. Uh, WCW Saturday Night Live and um, this match uh, Vader breaks Foley's nose and he busts him hard way. All right. And the blood, uh, they had to actually go back and clean up 
the all the blood in post because you know WCW wasn't doing that at the time. But I've seen a rare unedited version uh, of this match with with the blood, and it really adds a nice touch to it. So, but during that match, he even took his headdress off. So it's just it's a weird thing to see him take his headdress off. Okay, it's almost it's almost like like it like it kills the gimmick for me. Well, yeah, but well, it, but saying, it does well, make it legitimate too. So well, the thing is that if the, if the mask is constantly coming off, why the fuck even? Why wear the mask? On? Like at yeah. that point, because once the mask comes off, you don't really need to put it back on. No, I don't think. And like the only exceptions to the rule have been Rey Mysterio and Kane. Yeah, they're the only exceptions to the rule where their mask came off once, but they could put it back on. And a couple guys in Mexico. I mean, other than that. Yeah, you know, and, they, and nobody gave a shit. But everybody else is kind of like, look, once the mask is off, just keep the fucking thing off. I don't need to do that anymore. But that was so that was dumb for me. But then, so like I said, these guys had it was a big man match. You know, they really went toe to toe. Um, what I liked at one point, and I think Gator, you'll appreciate this as a manager. I like this part. It was a moment where Vader has some type of submission hold. I can't tell if it's what it is. I can't remember what it is on Angel. And you hear Harley Race screaming, "Break it! Break it! Break it!" I thought that was mm-hmm. a great manager spot. Yes, and that's and that's something you don't see nowadays at all. You don't. Um, you don't. You don't see the constant. Because the thing with the manager is, you had to make it look like you and your you were the ambassador for your client. Yeah, and that's that's the way I still manage to this day as well. So I just I just enjoy that, like him. You know, be a manager. You know, be the guy at the ringside doing something. Like I hate. You know, it's. Sometimes I can understand why a manager would just stand there, but if that's what you're going to do the whole match, why the fuck are you out there? Exactly. You don't necessarily have to interfere all the time, but at least but you say need to be something, vocal. do something. You need to be vocal. Yeah, be the, vocal, the say king, something. The king of that, and um, and even he didn't even even have to say anything. He did a lot with his facial expressions as well. But it was Paul Lee? Yeah. Paul Heyman was very and still is very good at that. He's the modern equivalent to that. Yeah, but that's because he, he that's because he looks he looks the part. He's got well, the always. He's got the suit on. He looks he looks like a manager the second he walks out there, so he doesn't really have to say much. Advocate, you can't say manager nowadays. I'll say whatever the fuck I want. It's the booch cap. Oh, I know. I just like fucking with people because they're like, oh, he's not a manager. He's an advocate. Fuck you, Mark. Yeah, shut the fuck up. He's a manager. Thank, thank you. Yeah, it's like it's like those gym teachers that call themselves doctor. Look, I don't care what your thesis on the setup was. You're a fucking gym teacher. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like so, all the music teachers. Oh, I'm a music teacher, but I'm Dr. Steve. Well, fuck you, Dr. Steve. <laughs> all right. So anyway. Um, I'm, this is this is me playing a small violin playing my heart bleeds purple piss for you now fuck off <laughs> i like that i like that so anyway at one point uh and then at one point vader hits a moonsault because fuck it now now here's my thing okay <laughs> and that's the only way i put in my notes vader hits a moonsault because fuck it fuck it that was too much yeah that, I... if you really wanted to want it to look like you're gonna squash a motherfucker have him hit a moonsault why not i i mean the only other time that i said oh fuck to a moonsault was when was when the big show tried one yes <laughs> oh yeah and we and we all just went no yeah exactly and then of course uh and then of course he did one and then he got the the ass his ass chewed out by hbk yes yes god yeah so anyway but then at one point i actually thought there's a moment where vader slides out under the bottom rope to go out and catch to go after angel mm-hmm. am i the only one who thought for a split second that this some bitch is about to dive out of the ring i hope not <laughs> The way he was running, but I was like, no. Like the way he was running, I was like, he is not about to dive out there, and he slid, and then he slid into the bottom rope. I went, thank you, Jesus. I was like, what the fuck? Was he about to? I was about, I was about to cuss Desmond from like miles away. I was about to cuss. Period. Like, what the fuck you doing, Vader? I was just gonna blame Desmond because that's what I do when they're shitty wrestling. Uh, not bad. So anyway, and then of course we have this moment. Vader brings in a nightstick. Oh God! Angel steals the nightstick. And this was supposed to be this was supposed to be representative of his WWE career. Yeah. The ref sees it in his hand and calls for the bell for the disqualification. So by disqualification, Vader wins his match. Terrible now, finish. Terrible finish. Yeah. 
And and I'll, and if you want to know why it's a terrible finish, don't worry. Tony Schiavone explains why this is a terrible finish. If you have to explain, here's the thing. If the announcers have to explain it, then it was a clusterfuck to begin with. Yeah. Tony says, because Tony says, point blank, he didn't even hit him with it, which I agree. The, the ref, here's the thing. In my opinion, if he had the nightstick, the ref should at least try to take it from him. Right. Have something happen, like he goes to take it from him, and like, I don't know, maybe he pulls too hard, and something happens that looks like Angel pushed the referee, but he didn't push the referee, or something happens, and then call for a DQ. Like, let's say he's arguing with the ref, Vader runs at him, so on instinct, Angel just whacks him with the nightstick and gets disqualified. I would have taken that any time of the week, and it wouldn't get heat for Angel, because it would be a knee-jerk reaction. I mean, is that right? Am I, am I, am I? Yeah, of course, of course, of course. I'm in the right ballpark on this? No, you're perfect. That's psychology. Yeah, because and then it would have been like, and then the announcer would have said, Angel didn't mean to hit Vader with the nightstick, he did it out of a panic, because he was just coming at him, you were like, okay, and you hit him. Like, do something. That's the dumbest shit ever. I've never in my life in wrestling seen somebody just holding a weapon while the person, while the other person was still standing, and a ref just called for the bell. The only logical explanation I could think of is, uh, they're probably thinking, we only have, like, two referees for this show, we can't have one of them knocked out. I think that was the only logical explanation. Well, in that case, either don't do this stupid finish, or hire another referee. They can't be expensive. They can. I mean, depending on the referee, but the average They can, ref... if you don't believe me, fuck you, Earl Hebner. Well, that's Earl Hebner. That's a different story. Well, he's a senior ref at that point. So well, yeah, and he, was, and he was one of the few referees that would draw. Like a referee true. that people would Very actually... True. Very true. So I get Earl Hebner being a lot of money. I'm talking about normal, average referees. Trust me, yeah. as, as someone who's you worked mean... in... As someone who's handled finances and worked in the back, I know referees don't get paid a lot. No, they don't. They don't, and uh, they also shouldn't be doing overly dramatic facial expressions, Aubrey Edwards, but anyway. <laughs> but anyway. I'm sorry. I'm still salty about that. Um, I know. Let's, but that's, this ain't the time and place for that. No, it's not. I'm just saying. I know. I'm just saying that they could have hired more refs, so that way this guy could take a bump, you pull another ref out there, and there you go. Yes, because once you, once, once, because here's the thing, kids, that some people don't understand. Once the referee has bumped, he does not get up unless otherwise specified because a referee cannot be stronger than a wrestler. Exactly. You don't believe me. I had a whole rant. <laughs> yes. Uh, we basically watch the Royal Rumble watch party. Now, by the time this comes out, this will probably be on our YouTube channel. So go see it on the YouTube channel. But um, yeah, just watch that. We're not going to get into it here. We're already we're already changing the subject too many times on this fucking segment on this fucking show. But anyway, um, next match. The next match we get to is uh, we have ourselves a little bit of a tag team match here. A little bit of a grudge match. We got Terry Funk and Bunkhouse Buck with uh, Colonel Robert Parker taking on Dustin Rhodes and Arn Anderson. Oh, boy. Yes. Why? Um. Well, Dustin needed backup. And yeah, but it's just it just this whole Anderson. this whole thing I was asking why, you know? Yeah. Um, well, also, here's the interesting thing that I didn't know was, um, you know, because uh, Gator mentioned he's a wrestling historian. Uh, Jesse Ventura during this match dropped some interesting wrestling history that even I didn't know. Oh, Lord. Apparently, well, apparently, Jesse Ventura once wrestled Terry Funk to a one-hour draw in Seattle, yes. Washington in 1976. Yes, a long, long time ago. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool <laughs> to know Jesse and yeah. Terry locked up. Uh, they did. They did back when back when Jesse was still working. Yes. and but Before he became a shitty commentator. Yeah, I don't think he's that bad. He's he's really not. He's actually one of the better heel commentators of our time. Yeah, I think that I think that uh, he did. I think I think his WWE run was better than his WCW run, but even, uh, he, admits his, even he admits his heart wasn't in it. And by this point, he was mentally checked out at this point. Well, he's no he's no Bobby Heenan before he got drunk. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. So anyway. Um, we'll get to that. Yes. So anyway, Arn and Bunkhouse, they tie up and circle each other a lot. So we'd see that. Yeah, they do but, a lot of working. They do a lot of working in like the uh, the sense of the feeling out process. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, uh, the action really starts once Dustin gets tagged in. Correct. I noticed that. Um, and, of course, in the early going, Dustin is, like, violent. He's whooping everybody's ass. Like, he is... House of Fire. House, House of Fire. fire. Yes. Um, then, of course, uh, Terry eventually starts dishing out punishment later on. Um, yes. And it was nice to see Terry... And I don't want people to take this the wrong way, but I gotta fucking say this. It was nice to see Terry working a match, because I've seen so much uh, hardcore shit from him that I forgot he could actually, like, work a match. Uh, you know? I, I, I forgot that for a second. Like, does that make any sense? 
Yeah, it's kind of like Foley. Um, you know, Foley was the same way for me as a kid. Yeah, I just, I, I was just fat. Like, I just forgot. Like, wow, Terry, Terry is. There's more to Terry than just the hardcore stuff. The man can yeah. work a match if called upon. Because there's some well, people the that man... only do hardcore and that's it, Jelly. But anyway, well, the... Je- Jelly. But anyway, <laughs> Mr. Woodrelly, are you a little? Are you a little Jelly? Yes. That, that's, oh. I, can't, I can't have Jelly. It makes me discomfort. Uh. <laughs> But anyway, so um, anyway, so then um, what I also found interesting about this match is another fun thing. And Gator, I want to talk about this since okay. we're since we're old school in this in this regard. Okay. During this time period, keep in mind this is 1994. Fucking going over the top rope was still considered a DQ in 1994. Ah, uh, the Bill Watts. You can thank Bill Watts for that. Yeah, like holy shit. This was this was Watts' error thing. So yeah. Watts always thought that that would piss people off. And then and then apparently when uh, which yeah. it did. It did? Not in the sense that you're thinking of, oh, I'm a great heel, in the sense of, oh, I want to cut your juggler off. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I first learned about this concept when Jesse Ventura was on Stone Cold's podcast. That's the first right. time I heard about this, because he talked about the top roping and disqualification, and because this was Jesse's like first like real match. Like He'd been training, obviously, but he got his first real match against this guy. I can't remember his name, but Jesse said years later, WWE used this guy as enhancement enhancement talent and Jesse forever put him over on the mic for this because Jesse's a green Jesse was new so he tells um you know the the promoter comes over and says all right you're gonna wrestle the kid here all right he goes give him give him I think it was like a couple good minutes I forget how many it was I think it was either seven or ten um but he said hey you know after a certain point he said if the match is the drizzling shits hit your finisher pin him and get out he said if the match is good and the kid's got potential have him throw you over the top rope but you get to pick whichever finish you want to do so they're out there they're working the match it gets to the point and while they're in the ring he whispers to jesse says over the top kid and jesse tossed him over and got his heat yep and that's why jesse always puts him over on the mic because that was his thank you for you know getting him in the business because he could have just pinned him and that would have been it correct but he said no let's toss me over because we got something with him so i that's so i learned that and of course dustin he does throw buck and funk over the top rope the ref misses it <laughs> both times Thank God. You know, referees, because this is a referee that actually knows. Blind spot, yeah. Knows what the fuck he's doing. Blind spot. Yeah, so then. Um, that's what that's called, when the referee deliberately ignores something. Yes, so. It's called the blind spot. I mean, oh. yeah, Dustin brought the fight throughout the match. Like, I I, I saw a match, and Gator, I'll let you share your thoughts, but I saw mm-hmm. solid wrestling and solid working in this match. I don't disagree. It just, the finish fucked me up. Yeah, Um. and at one point, you know, can I ask, this is the thing. I learned about referees. At one point, Bunkhouse and Terry trade out, but no tag was made. Clearly there's no tag, but the ref is apparently fucking gullible with heels. I, I never understood this at all. Now they didn't. They did not do the old classic uh, clap to make it sound like they did tag. They yeah, just, just they just they just switched, and that bugs me because it's like okay, you know, you would just not a legitimate tag ref. Yeah, and then of course Dustin. But whoops- you see that a lot with modern wrestling too. Is there's yeah. no tag? So. Well, yes, but I I'm I'm used I'm used to referees fucking up today because they don't give a shit. In the nineties, I expected them to know better. Well, I agree. Back when they gave a shit. I agree with you on that. Yeah. So Dustin whoops some more ass, tags in Arn Anderson. Arn all of a sudden DDTs Dustin, puts Terry Funk on top. They be- and then they get the victory and then they beat him down and injure his arm. Yeah. This was um this was something, man. Yeah. Some- something is the only way I can really describe it. Yeah. Pretty much. You know, basically it's an entire crowd going to hell with you, Arn Anderson. Which was funny because uh, <laughs> you know, if this had been in Carolina somewhere in horseman country oh my god yes because Arn anderson is nothing more than a walk behind her and when you walk behind and you're not a leader then the view never changes baby the view never changes baby the view never changes okay so vinny's been watching a lot of dusty Rhodes. that is my that is my one of my favorite promos from him of all time you next know, to hard times yes hard times is always number one dusty best promo but i love that one because that i I just love the way he goes like when you walk behind and you're not a leader the view never changes i love that 
just the passion in his voice. Like, because that was one of the best promos ever. And you know it's one of the best promos ever because Cody took bits and pieces from it in AEW. Like, because this was when Dusty wanted to team back up with Dustin Rhodes to ultimately help him settle the score after Arn Anderson stabbed him in the back. And Cody used it similar when he tells Dustin after their first match at double or, at the first double or nothing that he wants Dustin to be his partner to fight the Young Bucks. So that I love it's all part of that big promo. So I just love that line. So it was just it was Dust Dusty being pat having passion and not necessarily trying to be all like you know funky like a monkey that I know. It was it was passion. Oh boy, it was good. I loved it. Like and it told a story, and that's that's what a promo is for. Exactly. I, so as I as I tell told my students tonight, promos are always who, what, when, where, why. Yeah, it was it was great. And then of course, um, so of course, Arn Anderson celebrating, uh, with ter- with with Funk and everything, and you know, being all happy. And then we move on to the next match of the evening. Good God, help us all. Um, this is for the WCW United States Heavyweight Championship. Stunning Steve Austin defends the title against Ricky the Diva. I mean, Dragon Steamboat. Best match of the night by far, by far. All right. Um, and it was because it told a story. It it told the constant story of babyface heel. Austin wants Steamboat destroyed. Yeah. I mean, Steve Austin, of course, gets an early start, wastes no time. Um, At all. Um, and this is stunning Steve now, so yeah. this is not what we're used to. And, you know, yeah, so basically Steve Austin wastes no time, which is ironic because with Ricky in the match, for me, it's a waste of time. Uh, but yes, anyway, but it was not the shitty. It was not. not. Yeah, like Ricky Steamboat quickly regains control, hits a drop kick, gets Steve's legs tied up in the ropes, and Steamboat rolls out of the ring and punches him a few times. I thought that was pretty cool. And then, then he gets back in the ring, does a hit hip toss and later and that later becomes a standing arm bar so it's one of those things where you know i i put my issues with steamboat aside yes this is a great match i mean i can't watch it with the same excitement as other people but as an analyst it was a good match correct and it just it, it just goes to show that a young guy and an old guy can put on good matches yes you know and they did and uh, and the fact that each each moment was so well like austin tries to fake an injury which is a classic hollywood blonde trick but ricky doesn't right fall for it. Um, no. At one point, Austin hits multiple clotheslines, but Ricky still doesn't go down. And he he did the stun gun, which was which was pretty good. Yeah, they trade reverses with the tombstone pile driver until Ricky ultimately nails it. Correct. Uh, and then it, course, it, it, this this is what storytelling is. Yeah. And what I also like about this was um you know Austin tries to get disqualified a bunch of times, but um you know at one point he tried the over the top spot, but Ricky hanged on. Austin tries to throw the ref in front of Ricky when he attacks him. The referee's about to DQ Austin. But Ricky begs him not to, which yes. I thought was great, and that's an instance that I like, where a referee's and like, that, "I'm gonna do my." A, that, told, that told a legitimate story because the whole thing was 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 the cheap way out. Yeah, and I liked it because it's it was one of the first times, at least in some of these recaps we've been, recaps we've been watching, where I actually saw a referee that was not just gonna look the other way, just like I'm actually gonna do my job. But the guy's like, "No, please, please don't do this. I need to beat this motherfucker." And the yeah. and the referee shows compassion, is like, "All right." For you, I'll let this go. I like that story a lot better than just the guy. Until it gets stupid again, and then it's no. And then, of course, Austin reverses the pin, puts his feet on the ropes, gets the classic heel victory, and leaves with the U.S. title. Right. And that's, like I said, the story in this was just great. Yes. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. For the WCW World Tag Team Championships, Cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan defend the titles against Pretty Wonderful. Good God. Why? Why? Because here's the thing. This was supposed to be better than it was. Okay. It just, it, it, it was devoid of heat. It did nothing. And I, I get why Cactus and Sullivan were together because they like, you know, killing rats. But it was just, it was, it was rough for me. This match, this whole match was rough for me. But that's because I hold tag team wrestling so high. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think it was like, um, you know. I mean, it wasn't like a five-star classic. Was, yeah, and I don't think it needed to be. I mean, it's Paul Roma and Paul Orndorff. Like, and you got, like, to me, it was just like, it needed to be a tag team match because you got a main event that everybody's there to see anyway. So, uh, although at one point I noticed like Kevin and Paul kind of start things off, but Paul out wrestles Kevin to the point that he has to tag in Cactus Jack. 
Um, then Cactus and Roma, decent exchange. Um, I did like the one spot where Cactus blocks the corner to make sure Kevin doesn't get hurt. Right. Cause and I, that was, and that was different cause you didn't see that a lot. I didn't see it at all. That's the first time I've ever seen that. Right. And you may never see it again. Yeah. And Paul tries to do the same thing, but Cactus runs over and kicks him off the turnbuckle. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fucking great. It was just, this is a very, I'm sorry. This is a very impressive tag match. And I loved it because there was so much attention to teamwork. Correct. And that's what you want. That, uh, the, some Sometimes tag matches get the drag. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, Kevin makes a comeback and gets, like, ruthless as fuck with it. Um, and then um, Orndorff hits a pile driver on Kevin, but Dave Sullivan puts his feet on the ropes. I thought that mm-hmm. was great. Um, a story, 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 story. Exactly. And then, of course, Cactus hits a double-arm DDT, but the ref is distracted. Eventually, they get Cactus down. Roma holds his feet, and Paul covers him one, two, three. And Pretty Wonderful are now the new tag team champions. Right. And <laughs> wonderful. They call him Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> that damn that uh, that whole fucking I like it, but there's a lot of people that really did not like that music. <laughs> I mean, I'll just say it was weird period seeing Paul Orndorff in WCW. I mean, that was something I always thought was odd. Well, and, and I can understand that. Yeah, it's just always, for some reason, it just didn't feel right. Something about it just didn't feel right. Um, But anyway, so they win the tie belts, and then we move on to the big main event of the evening. For the, the WCW cluster, World Heavyweight Championship, Ric Flair defends the title with sensuous sherry against hulk hogan with mr t and jimmy hart oh god now this this told a story but it drug on too much i don't know about you because this was supposed to be the big meeting and it was supposed to like there was supposed to be hype around it and it it had a lot of hype but once you get down to the basics of what this match was the hype was just it was overhyped um i feel like okay uh i respectfully disagree with that because there's nothing wrong with it because it's wrestling uh, because I feel like the no matter what they did in that ring, mm-hmm. they had the crowd's undivided attention. I'll agree with that, but I, I do feel like as well that it was overhyped. I mean, I liked it because they, they circle each other, they stare each other down, you know, they really take... They and, that, took, and that's psychology, and they took their time to build it. Yes, they took their but, time. They didn't but rush But once they actually it. got into working each other, it was like, okay, guys, we can tell who the worker is and who's just there to look pretty Hogan <laughs> yes and Flair looked very pretty as Hogan uh, mocks Flair's strut uh, I thought that was hilarious I love that um, eventually uh, Hogan start you know he's kind of taunting toying with him till Flair works the arm gets him on the ground I saw Hogan do a cross arm breaker which I thought was fucking great you know mm-hmm. H- you know like all Hogan does is this this and this then you see a cross arm breaker fuck you Mark so anyway right. <laughs> Flair that, that's the first thing I saw that I cross arm breaker I'm thinking fucking Marks so anyway well, a lot of Marks think he's only big boot and leg drop, and he's not. Exactly. And, and Yeah. And Flair fights out of it, then rolls out of the ring. And uh, I like the way Flair fought out of this. I thought it was interesting, you know, where he like not only clasps his hands, but somehow manages to get up, get up to his feet and just stomp his face. I never see anybody break the hold like that before. I, 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 pretty cool. I have, I have, but it's very, it's a very traditional way to do it. Yeah, I just loved it and it worked. Um, yeah. So then Flair then rolls out of the ring, puts Sherry in front of her, um, and you notice Hogan, because Hogan won't hear, despite the fact that Sherry is daring her, daring him to do it. Well, and this is, and this submitted Flair as a chicken shit heel. Yes. Yeah, and that, that's when you know Hogan is the all-American babyface because uh, you bluff me, I'm calling it. That's all I'm saying, but I get why oh, yeah. he didn't do it. Uh, and then well, for a brief moment, you see some basic Matt wrestling like I really saw with them. Like I felt like I was watching like a little bit of an amateur thing going on mm-hmm. between Hogan and Flair. And then and that was before, but then eventually Hogan you know, started messing up Flair's hair, which was great. And it results in a back-and-forth exchange which ends with another thing. We talked about Flair being a chicken shit heel. And this is the one thing that Flair was good at that I don't think anybody else except for maybe maybe one other person but for the most part nobody else is good at this Flair starts begging for his life Right. Uh, Chris Candido was another one that was great at that. Yeah. Now, of course, we know that's a good thing. Now, if, if Flair did that today, they would be like, they would be like, why are they oh making God, Flair look stupid? It. Or no, yeah. they're saying they're making Flair look stupid and weak, and now I can't take him seriously. It's like, get the fuck off of wrestling. Thank you. Thank you. to the Shout out to our uh, invisible Mark Desmond. And, um... <laughs> 
Like, I, 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 that would piss me off. So, and then, of course, Sherry goes for the chair, but Jimmy Hart intercepts, which I liked. It's like, all right, Hogan can't do nothing, but at least Jimmy Hart's going to do something. I like that. And then Flair takes advantage and attacks Hogan on the floor. And then Hogan takes the chops and responds with some of his own, which I thought was great. Watching them kind of trade chops. Right. Uh... I don't know, because I, I wanted to get behind that, but Hogan's so not known for his shops, yeah. and he looks sloppy here. <laughs> well, they do. They look so fucking sloppy. Like, it's not even funny. It's like, get some contact, bro. <laughs> and then, of course, he hulks up from the sleeper, makes his comeback. This is a moment I re- And here's the thing. I remember this from being a kid watching this. Like, watching the hand go up, and then when it stops, he, like, he like waves the finger like, uh-uh-uh. Or kind of like a, a slow-motion Matumbo. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> I thought that was great. I love that. And well I, done. It was well done. Yes, I like that. And I remember seeing that as a kid. Like, that was so cool. So, no, no, no. That was me. That, 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 I'll admit, that was my mark-out moment of the match for me. Just because I remember that. Okay. Flair, and then, of course... Um, Flair goes over the post and knocked off the apron like he always does. And, of course, I remember Tony Schiavone going, upside down, downtown. Like, that was great. That was, yes. Now that I, it took me a minute to remember it, and I was, I was like, there was a Schiavone line here. Yeah. And then, of course, um, I will say there was one botch I noticed. Um, when Sherry goes to hit Jimmy with her shoe, she clearly missed him by a mile, right? My only one noticed that. No, I saw it. I didn't see any contact made with that shoe. And that's not necessarily, well, if, if it's that obvious on TV, somebody else already picked it up. I'm just saying like that. I understand not wanting to hit the other person, but she, she made it too obvious. Like, right. like, like and, Hogan and... tries not to make contact, but he makes it look like he's not making contact or not hurting as much. Right, right. Well, Sherry. Gimmicks, gimmicks are a scary thing. Yes. So, and then of course, Sherry does a splash off the top rope. Yes, yes. I don't know yes, why, but she does. You, uh, yes, thank you, Zelina Vega. Yeah. And then Flair then locks in the figure four, uh, which is a great moment. Hogan turns it around, but Flair worked the leg and hit a couple of chops until eventually Hogan ants up and becomes impervious to pain, which the crowd... Which, the, which always made me throw things, because I was like, why? <laughs> what? No, seriously, why? What? what what, what, why did that make sense? Because it didn't. Uh, I, for some, here's the thing. When Sting did it, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. But with Hogan, for some reason it does because the gimmick's been established that at some point he just hulks up, the adrenaline goes, and you can't hurt him. Like, he's yeah, established. But you gotta, yeah, but you gotta establish it for it to work. Yes, and he is, and Hogan's established it since the 80s. So, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's common knowledge at this point uh, that he can do that. Right, well. So, but then eventually, uh, Flair hits an elbow to Hogan's eye and that brings him back to reality. Like, reality. Because even at that point, like, I don't care how badass you are, you get whacked in the eye, you're not going to be able to see shit. So that should stop anyone's momentum, and it stopped Hogan's. So, and then Sherry goes for another splash and misses. And then at one point, Hogan bounces off the ropes, does a clothesline to Flair, and at one point, decks Sherry. I forgot that. Back then when you could hit a woman. Like, like he, but now, and obviously, now obviously you can tell, if, if you're an analyst, you can tell he didn't hit her hard. He kind of just Or if you're it. in the business. No, no, she worked that and sold the fuck out of it. She sold but, the fuck out. You know, ba- you know, back then when you could hit a woman and she could take it like a bitch. <laughs> no, and yeah, and she didn't, and she didn't get mad. She understood it was part of the show. So yes, she understood. She what, Vinny? We're kayfabing this. Yes. Sometimes you just gotta punch a bitch in the mouth. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you gotta just punch a bitch in the mouth. It happens, people. It happens. Yeah. Because some of them are only some of them are only good when they're barefoot and pregnant. Oh dear Christ, not this again. We are not endorsing this. Yes, we are. No, we're not. I'm getting my heat. No, this is not a time to get heat. We're talking wrestling. So Yes, that's why I'm getting my heat. There is no need for heat. We are analysts. Oh. This is not Oh yes. Well not- I'm analyzing, it's time to get heat. It's no, there is no heat. Stop. I'm analyzing. We're not. Yeah, they can get heat. We don't get heat. We're we're not in the right. Yes, room. and you get heat by punching a bitch in the mouth. Yeah, although Hogan did it, the crowd erupted. Yes, that was back when you could punch a bitch in the mouth. But it's not just. Well, here's the thing. It wasn't just the fact that Hogan punched a bitch in the mouth. He punched a bitch in the mouth that deserved to get punched in the mouth. It wasn't like. Yes. 
Sometimes they deserve it. Yeah, like it, like when you're damn near like splash off the top rope, or you clearly are daring somebody to hit. See, that's the thing. If you don't want me to hit you, don't dare me to hit you. Exactly, because like, then you end up getting punched in the mouth and exactly. sent back to the kitchen. Exactly. So I mean, not so, wrong. But I'm saying the way the way Sherry sold it, it looked like she was being knocked back to the kitchen. She yeah. did, and she did it really well. And yeah. uh, China was about the only other female that could really do something like that. Exactly. So then Hogan lost. And now Hogan locks in the figure four, which I never thought I'd ever see him do that at that time. It was a shitty. Then Mr. T gets rid of Sherry. Flair, uh-huh. Then Flair gets a head, set of brass knuckles. He hits Hogan with the brass knuckles. And then this is the moment where Hogan kicks out. He hulks up, hits the big foot, drops the leg. One, two, three. Hulk Hogan is the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. And the fans go insane. Yes. And then two years later, he, he kills Bambi's mother. And ta-da. Yeah. But yeah, this and here's the thing it's like it's like the fans go insane and bobby heenan is like seriously i think they had to put him on suicide watch after this match he was, <laughs> he was that no, fucking depressed that's what they did no that's what they do with jesse um <laughs> i'll say but yeah they had to put yeah but like bobby heenan looked depressed as a motherfucker like you, you would not believe these two got along outside the ring the way bobby heenan talks about hogan and it's and it was hilarious it was so great it and was then, so great if you really knew you knew yes and of course uh hogan cuts his promo backstage he's celebrating the fact that he's now in the wcw and establishing that he is the champion he is the man because they said to be the man you got to beat the man well hogan just beat the man Bret hart fuck him so So yeah, so Hogan, um, you know, stands on top of the world, and this was like, this is when the new WCW was off to the races. Now, like, this was the right. moment where and it was this, like, this is when they were building, they were building, and then some fat fuck from Jersey named Russo came through and <laughs> shit out everything. Well, he wasn't fat. His 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 buddy was fat. You know. Yes, at Ferrara. Which, yeah. Look, let's tell a story real quick. I was gonna punch that motherfucker in the mouth. Uh, yes, I know. You and a, you but and a line told of me, other they people. They said don't punch him in the mouth so out of respect i didn't punch him in the mouth well yeah you know it, it you know sometimes you want to punch somebody in the mouth but sometimes you can't you got to be professional well i told that promoter i said i'm gonna punch him in the fucking face please do not punch him in the fucking face yeah the dude dude's trying to run a business so it's about the show not about personal issues so i was still gonna punch him in the fucking face all right all right whatever so anyway but anyway so that ladies and gentlemen was bash of the beach 1994 like i said it was a hell of a pay-per-view um, definitely historic. Uh, like I said, I enjoyed the Hogan Flair match immensely. Um, it was the first of many these guys would have, and um, it just goes to show that you know these guys they, they show why they're the best. Right, they did. They did. They both showed my, why they're the best. My favorite was still Steamboat and Austin. So yeah, um, maybe in another time, another place, it could be. But... I know, I know, you're still holding the petty grudge, but anyway, I do. I'm a petty motherfucker. So uh, well, I I can't say nothing. I was gonna punch Jack Ferrara in the mouth. Exactly. <laughs> you know, everybody everybody gets on my case for being petty. Then I find out that they're petty too. Oh, I'm just as petty, but I I always don't. I always say I'm just as petty. Yeah, true. But yes, yeah, because so... I was gonna punch Jack Ferrara in the mouth. Yes, you. Alright, so that, ladies and gentlemen, will conclude our recap of WCW Bash at the Beach 1994. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Gator, as always, I thank you for taking time out of your uh, busy schedule to uh, join me with this, and I look forward to chatting with you on the next one. Yes, now it's time for bed, children. Yeah, so make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there or be a super fan and follow us on all five hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Also, make sure you are following us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with our exclusive Boochcast videos. All our videos are on the YouTube channel and make sure you guys hit that subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified so you know when future videos will be posted. Also, make sure you are following us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, July the 30th for WWE SummerSlam. That's right. 
right, the biggest party of the summer will be on our Twitch channel, and one of two ways it will be presented. Either A, it'll be featuring myself and Buff Bagwell while we're in Tampa Bay for the Tampa Bay Comic-Con, or it will be featured by the Boochcast team, if Buff and I aren't able to do it, then the team will get together and they will present the watch party. And I'll make sure they have all the info they need so they don't fuck it up this time. And of course, we also have our D&D show, which is coming soon. Uh, you still got to talk to John and work all the kinks out of that, but we will be bringing that to you guys. And of course, the Boochcast booking battle will be coming up. That's when Elvis and I will be uh, putting our roster of superstars together. And then we will be in the My GM mode of WWE 2K22. And we'll be presenting our shows on the Twitch channel. And we will find out out who is the better booker man Vinny Bucci or Elvis Delinsky and of course you can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support become a supporter of the Boochcast support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes we have three levels you can donate at with prizes coming soon the first level you can donate at is for 99 cents per month this is for people who uh, want to help out the show but don't have a lot of money to spend uh, we know there's a lot of uh, hardworking men and women out there. You got bills to pay. You got mouths to feed. But some of you might not have money to give. Cause, and the last thing we would ask you guys to do is sacrifice a payment or break the bank or feel guilt tripped into donating to this show. We would never do that to our fans. So if all you can do is listen to the show and share the link with people you know, you are still helping us out and we greatly appreciate it. But if you would still like to put a little skin in the game, the 99 cents level is for you because it's only 99 cents. It's not going to bother you. You're not going to miss it. It's not going to hurt you. But it does help us out a great deal because every little bit that you donate to the show helps us keep this show thriving. Also, the second level you can donate at, this is for people who uh, have some more money to spend. Uh, You can spend $4.99 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock. So don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And of course, we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since I sold to the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. Set $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike the WWE, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And the best part is all the money that we raise for this show, we put it back into the show in some capacity to help it out. We use it to upgrade our equipment. We use it to bring in bigger name guests, pay our bills, and take care of the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're going to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over when it's all said and done, we use the rest of the money to feed Zach Ramen Noodles and try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Booch. A.K.A. The Booch saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again. <laughs>